this is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurt takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, takes the right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96-yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurt breaking tackle after tackle. Sweeps down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He died, touchdown 49ers. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good. Click, click, boom. What's going on, Faithfuls? It's your boy Mike from the Nothing But Niners crew, and we are back with another fun-filled episode, man. This one is called Cowboys. Rumor has it, all right? Now, y'all can't tell because, you know, they don't always show the punctuation and all, but I put, like, a little dash between the Cowboys and then rumor has it. Like, so that way it didn't look like I was just saying, like, random words and putting them together. Because I heard the Cowboys been popping off at the mouth, and I'm here to talk about all of it, okay? Uh, before we do, though, I do have to go through the formalities. So you guys make sure you are locked in. Make sure you guys know it. For those of you who are listening to this on the Rewind, go ahead and just fast forward uh, a couple minutes. Fast forward to like the three minutes, 30 seconds, maybe four-minute mark, something like that, okay? If it's your first time watching here on the YouTube page and you enjoy the show, give us a thumbs up, please. That helps other people, like-minded people like yourself find our show if they don't already subscribe, okay? And then if you do like the show, you might as well go ahead and subscribe and then turn on notifications so you know exactly when we are going live. Give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Those handles are nothing but 9ERS. That is the number nine, nothing but 9ERS. And I just noticed I glitched, so let me plug into the router. Okay, we should be clear now. All right. Also, give us a follow on our Facebook and Twitch. Those handles are nothing but Niners. All right. That's spelled all the way out. And we have technical difficulties here. What is happening? None of my little things are working here. Uh, uh, no. What is happening? There it is right there. Follow us on Facebook and Twitch. That is nothing but Niners spelled all the way out. No numbers in there anywhere, all right? And then, guys, shoot us an email if you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for the show, anything like that, nb9ers at nothingbutniners.com. What's he eating? Check. All right, and then, guys, 
head on over to the Patreon. We got some good stuff coming to you guys within the next 24 hours. So head on over there, patreon.com slash NB9ERS. What's going on, everybody in the chat? I see Perk. I see Kafefi. I see JP Hellahard. DeMarcus in there. Raphael, Ben. I see mad people. Chris, Jamie. Oh, what's going on? Terrence, Theodore. Uh, Theodore, Teddy. Okay, I, I, I wanted to say that, but. Theodore actually came out. E-Man is in here. Marty Mars in the building. Callie, carry on. Shout out to everybody, man. NBN Pineapple, DJ Malone, Debbie. I mean, I see y'all, man, holding it down. Scott, what's going on, man? Boats is in the building as well. Guys, we got some stuff to talk about. The Niners. <clears throat> so I listened to these podcasts, and I was really going looking for this information, just so y'all know. Like, I was listening to a podcast, and they were like, the Cowboys players are running around saying how they really want to play the Niners. Like they've been looking forward to this all year that this has been like the moment they've been waiting for, like just all kinds of like just weird stuff about the Niners. And I'm like, well, where can I find this information? I want to see this for myself. I don't know that the Cowboys are crazy, dumb, whatever, whatever it is like you want to call. I, I just didn't think that they, they were that stupid to, to say that about the Niners. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe I'm not giving them enough. Maybe they really are looking forward to it. Like, can both be true? So, uh, phone just went off. So we have, uh, we got some, I, I was looking online for anything that the Cowboys could have possibly said about the Niners. Like I was really searching and I couldn't find much. If y'all have something, please let me know where it is. Cause I've been wanting to see this for, I don't know how long. DJ Malone, did you see my two-parter? What does that mean? Your two-parter. Like you got in a fight, you hit somebody with a combo. Boop boop. Oh, Derek, Quick one two. All right. So, um, I'm not sure what two part are you talking about. They said it's on YouTube. Oh, trust me. I I now I did trust me, guys. I did find that Cowboys radio station. We're gonna talk about that as well. Don't worry. I definitely found that. I want y'all. Don't you know? Don't worry. I I definitely found that. We're gonna talk about those morons. Um, but maybe they're not morons. Maybe, maybe I look at sports a little bit different. Maybe my perspective on things is just off. You know, when I'm sitting around and I'm talking about, I'm talking about sports and we're going up against a team, uh, you know, never does it cross my mind to say, Hey, I hope this guy gets hurt or we need an injury. I added you in the channel, in the chat. We shouldn't miss. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I see you. I see what you're saying. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about that. I I, I might be wired different, right? And I and I remember coming on the show. I've been doing this for quite some time, y'all. Like my years in it's a, I'm a little long in the tooth on this YouTube thing. All right. 
and I can recall times where 49er fans are saying, you know, hey, man, F them. I hope he breaks a leg. And I'm like, yo, guys, like, chill. Like, that's not – we don't get down like that, right? Like, I want to beat these players. I want to beat these teams. And I want to beat them when they're at their best so they don't have any excuses for the following year. So they that way they can't come in and be like, you know, uh, well, we would have beat y'all if blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't want those excuses. I don't want to hear that, right? So when I hear, you know what, let's just, we, we're going to start with that. We are going to start with that. I'm going to play, I'm going to play this clip now so y'all can hear it. All right. Cause this is, this is crazy. All right. Let me do this screen share. I'm just going to play the little clip of it that my guy, uh, SF 49ers fan, he, he clipped it up here real good. So let me, let me get this. We're going to, we're going to play this thing here. Use an injury. We really could. Yeah. Uh, free trade is paying dividends. He's, yeah. he's made it unfair. You know, he took them. He's from, healthy now. He, yeah. Carolina, he can stay healthy. Now he never gets hurt. We yep. could use an injury. We yeah. really could. Yeah. Hamstring uh, would be good. Free trade is paying dividends. He's yeah. he's made it unfair. What? Hamstring would be good. Like, my man was literally whining. Like, he's healthy now. Like, it's not fair. Heaven's the Megatroy. I've never heard this before in my entire life. I have never heard this before in my entire life like those are professional men those are people who get paid to talk about sports saying we could really use an injury how about a hamstring a hamstring would be nice what come on man that's embarrassing come on ain't no excuse me perk say what you gotta say man say what you gotta say perk that's crazy i've never heard that before I've never heard a professional say that. And they'll try to walk it back at some point. But you know what? We're, we're, we're also polarizing these people. We're giving them some popularity. We're giving them some, uh, some views, some clicks that they've never seen before. This is what they do. We go, they go out there. They say something stupid. We put them on blast, and they get the most interactions ever. And now you know what's going to happen for the next year. I guarantee you that same radio station is going to say some more messed up stuff about our Niners and we're going to blow them up again. And they're going to keep trying it over and over and over. But we can't let it get to us, y'all. We're on a mission here. We are on a mission. All right. Uh, I got two other clips I want to play for y'all, but I just want to, I want to make something clear. I'm not saying we got to be better. I'm not saying that we have to be in comparison to them at all, but I want I want you guys, I'm talking about Niner fans, I want you guys to I want you guys to not be afraid of the Cowboys. How's that sound, right? I want you guys to not fear having to play against any team in the NFL. Don't sit around and say, well, I think we can win if this player's not there or if this guy gets hurt or if this guy has a hamstring. That's fear. That's that's admitting your team isn't good enough to beat them when they're healthy, when they're ready. That tells me it's not that you're not a real fan because part of being a real fan is also knowing when, hey, guys, psst, I don't think this is our game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm okay with that kind of fandom. I am. I'm okay with that kind of fandom. I know it's not appreciated. When you're on a platform, I get that also, right? But 
I also like when people can keep it real. There's no reason for you to be saying, yo, we got to beat this dude, but we got to cancel him. Like, we we, we got to – this guy has to be injured. We need him to go down so we can win this game. Just say that, hey, we're not a better team and without some help. We're not gonna. We're not gonna get in there. Just say that. Just say that. You know what I mean. Keep the super chats coming. I see the super chats starting to pop in here. All right. We get to the super chats at the end of the show, so don't feel like I didn't see it. I got you guys. Don't you worry about it. All right. Um, I have another video I want to share with you guys though because this is something else that I saw online. Um, now this is from Law Nation. Now Law Nation is a hardworking guy on this YouTube thing. Um, I don't always agree with his takes. However, he was speaking with Michael Irvin, and uh, I want you guys to hear this. Okay? On my podcast, I yes, Irvin. I was more worried, but this team knows now what it takes because of what San Fran did to him. It wasn't that San Francisco blew him out because if we'd have got that ball played and kicked that ball, we'd have ended up winning that game. But like Michael Parsons told me on my podcast, oh. man, I was sore for two weeks two after weeks. that game. Yeah. So you got to be ready for the kind of battle you're going to have in San Francisco, and you're going to be sore going into the next game, even if you win this one. Man, um, the playmaker right on the money with that. Um, All right. That's enough right there. I don't don't need to uh, keep saying it, you know. Uh, The guys are still talking about how they felt last year playing the Niners, okay? Last year. They're still talking about it this year. All right? Um, I think that's saying something. You guys have heard the stats already. You guys have heard um, people talking about how the Niners are uh, the teams that played them the following week are zero and fifteen after playing the Niners. Without if they didn't have a bye week, they lost. That's everybody. That's for everybody. Not one team that played the following week after playing the Niners went out there and played well. And then when you stop and think about it, these guys are talking about how they felt it for two weeks later. Michael Irvin is saying that that's what he heard from the players. They felt it two weeks later. Not the not the next week, two weeks later. The Niners play a different brand of football. We're a physical team. And that goes for our skill positions, which are usually the finesse and the diva part to the team. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I'm feeling good about this game. Let me let me tell y'all something. Let me have a little confessional here with y'all. I am feeling so good about this game. I'm going to, uh-oh. I'm feeling so good about this game. I'm going to have my mom watch this game with me. And y'all know. I ne- Look at Tony telling me no already. Look, look, look. Look at Tony telling me no already. I, I Listen, my mom is a huge, huge Cowboys fan. She's the biggest Niners jinx I've ever seen in my life. I'm so confident I'm okay with watching this game with my mom right next to me. Tony, take yourself off mute and tell us how you doing, man. What's going on, big dog? <laughs> What's going on? Um, just real quick, I just want to show why I think the Niners are going to win. I'm going to show you in one second. This is not uh, anything bad, um, but anytime a fan does something like this, one second, it usually blows up in their face. Uh, hold on. You see that? 
Yeah, I saw it, man. Okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the tattoo. <laughs> Super Bowl champs tattooed on the chest. Like, what are we doing? Like, so, uh, yeah, those don't usually work out well. They said, show it again. No, dorks. No. <laughs> Freaky deaky. Tony just put some D cups in the screen. Tell me, did you see that? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I definitely, I definitely saw it. It's not about the cups. It's about a, It's about the tattoo. The ink. The tat. The, the tattoo. I mean tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, man, like, all right. I I played a, a clip before you jumped on here, and it was the radio guys talking about, uh, you know, they could really use an injury. Have you heard that clip yet? That's horrible. I can't you stand shit like that. I saw it on Twitter. I don't like that. And like I was saying that I want Niner fans to be better than that, right? Like, I really want them to be better than that. Have you ever felt that way about a game, like going into a game? Like, man, we really – I hope – like, it's one thing if a guy's already injured and he's questionable or he's doubtful, right? And it's it's cool to be like, hey, if he doesn't play, that I wouldn't mind if he didn't play. Like, that would better our chances. Like, you know, I'd rather play against him than – I mean, rather not play. Like, have you – ever said i want a healthy guy to get hurt so we can beat this team no i that's ridiculous i don't even know why i mean clearly they're a lot more scared than we are say hi say go niners say go Niners. stop being grumpy i know you're tired um so that's that's ridiculous to wish injury on anybody or anything like that or hope somebody can't play you know that's that's low i'm sorry to say that they need McCaffrey to pull a hamstring. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. Absolutely crazy. All right. The other clip that I played right before you got on here was the um it was the uh Michael Irvin talking to Law Nation, talking about how uh he was talking to players and they were saying that they were still sore two weeks after that uh that game last year in the postseason. Did you did you hear that clip also? No, but I remember him saying that. I think that was on – was it NFL Network? Or no, no he no, no. He probably said it more than once if, if that was something that someone told him. I'll play yeah. it one more time real quick, though, just so you can hear it, all right? Yep. Let me uh, let me do the screen share really quick. And you tell me tell me your thoughts on this, man. Oh, my, my, my dryer just blew up. All right. This is going to blow him out. Yes, I was more worried. But this team knows now what it takes – because of what Sam Friend did to him. It wasn't that San Francisco blew him out because if we'd have got that ball play and kicked that ball, we'd have ended up winning that game. But like Michael Parsons told me on my podcast, oh. man, I was sore for two weeks two after weeks. that game. Yeah. So you got to be ready for the kind of battle you're going to have in San Francisco, and you're going to be sore going into the next game, even if you win this one. Man, um, the playmaker right on the money with that. Uh So Tony, what are, what are your thoughts on that, man? I, I think that's legit. I think it's something with definitely meaning behind it. I mean, we are a physical team. They will hit you. They will play through the whistle. You know, that's the way this team is. The mindset of this team, and it starts at the top with John Lynch. He was the same type of player, a very physical player. Um, so I just think, like week in and week out, you're gonna get a beating from the 49ers physically. I mean, if they lose, if the opposing team beats them, they beat them. But you're gonna feel it, like he said. But 
last time that happened, it was with the Rams. And if I remember correctly, it was last year in the NFC Championship games and Rams practicing pads all week. So it could be possible. Does Dallas make adjustments? Well, see, that's the thing. I thought about that same exact thing you just said. Wow, that's really cool. Normally, Wayne like takes my thoughts, right? But I thought about how they talked about the Rams practicing in pads so they could be more physical. And if you go back and watch that game, they played with a level of physicality they hadn't played with all year long, anytime we ever played them. The Rams did it. The Cowboys are on a short week, and they have to travel. I don't think they're doing pads, bro. That that Monday no, night game, not they're, not they're, they're not doing that this week. So I don't think we have to worry about that right now. You know what I'm saying? It's just the new mentality in San Francisco with these guys, led by the, the Trent Williams, the, the Banks. Even McGlinchey gets physical. Then you got Burford, who's a physical lineman. You're on your defensive line, Armstead, Kinlaw, Givens, the, the linebackers, Warner. Like they're physical players, so expect it. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried about that part of the game. I just feel, what do you want? I just feel that um, there needs to be a secondary pass rush in this game from the defense, but we'll get into that later. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, absolutely. We, we'll definitely talk about that later. Um, and let's let's talk about our defense a little bit more, actually. I got a clip here that I want to play from um, from uh, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, not Brandon Ayuk, sorry, from Fred Warner. All right, Fred Warner was talking about uh, Kyle – trying to find ways to motivate the defense. Have you seen this clip yet, Tony? No. No? All right. I'm going to go ahead and play that now. Whoops. Sorry. I'm saying sorry. Like, you can see my screen. I, I messed up my own screen. Uh, hold on a second. Give me a second, guys. Sorry. A little bit of technical difficulties here. I took it down instead of – all right. There we go. That goes there. And then here we go. Screen share. Bada boom, bada bing, da bang, da bang. All right, here we go. Fred Warner. Let's go full screen here. Um, on our team meeting the night before the game, he, he kind of gets after Bosa a little bit, trying to get him going the night before. Um, I think today he, took, he might have took a little shot at our defense, saying that the Cowboys defense might be playing better than us or something. So, of course, I took that to heart. But, you know, he's always just trying to find ways to kind of bring bring the best out of us. Do you sit there and take it, or do you bring the passion back right there? No, as a player, you got to sit there and take it, you know, and then you, you give it back to him by going out there and proving him wrong, obviously. So it sounds to me like Kyle's trying to find ways to motivate the team, right? Like calling out the defense. They're, they're playing a little bit better than us, right? Now, here's my thing. Last week, it was Pete Carroll praising the Niners, trying to soften us up, trying to make us put our guard down, right? Maybe it worked for the first half. Maybe. Maybe it worked. When they went to the locker room, they made second-half adjustments. This week, you hear something different. Now you got Kyle calling out the defense. You got you got Kyle calling out the defense. You got uh, the Cowboys player saying, we've been waiting all year for this. We've been wanting revenge since they beat us in the postseason, right? Which is understandable. Which is absolutely understandable. And I'm going to add some more sauce to it. I'm going to call out Nick Bosa right now. Nick Bosa has one sack in the last three games. He's got to show up. He's he's got he's got to get after Dak Prescott. And I, and I want Bosa to have a multiple sack game. It can just be two, but if he gets two sacks, that means he's got a ton of pressures. 
that's, that, that's the kind of games that Bosa has. Um, and so that's what I think we need to see from Nick Bosa. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's got he's got to step up. I'm not Kyle Shanahan, but if I am Kyle, I'm pointing out to Bosa, hey bro, look at this man. Last three games, you only got two sacks. You need to do more. What, what, how do you motivate this defense? You got to do that type of stuff. I mean, it kind of feels like they ran into a wall emotionally, uh, not physically because they're still hitting, but you don't see that intensity. Um, well, at least in the first half, we'll say. Second half, you saw them come out. But in the first half, you didn't see that uh, swarm as uh, D'Amico Ryans would say. Um, yeah, like Josh James, off topic. Josh James, he's 100% right. Bill Walsh used to do that all the time. He used to play – he played Montana against Young. He played them all like like that, and he was very good at it. But, unfortunately, I can't say Kyle learned it from him because he's probably – I don't even think he was near the Niners at that time. But, yeah, so um, something's got to happen because last time – Kyle called out Bosa. Bosa had a big game, if I remember correctly. So something's got to be said. I'm sure he's going to be lighting a fire under their ass somehow, some way, using the reverse psychology tactic and, um, you know, trying to trying to get these guys. Listen, I'm not worried about these guys. This team has turned into a slow start team. They, they came out the gate a couple times flying, but it's a slow start team that it's a second-half monster. So – about the defense in particular in general the team see I, I that's i don't think that the team is necessarily a slow starting team if you if you think about it we still put up 16 points in the first half yes that last game that's on pace for 32 points and they they did more the second half yes absolutely but 32 points in the game should get you a win with the number one defense yes but you saw the offense and you saw the defense bogged down you saw everything like how how C- uh, seattle was able to get into the game and keep themselves in the game in the distance of, of, of the game and actually took the lead going into the half because of several stupid mistakes. But um like I remember like like when he when they played Miami, right? Miami went up seven nothing, Purdy came and took over. That was it. Like there was a pattern where the 49ers will let the deep the, the offense score and then they would just clamp down on you and that was it. You're not seeing that anymore until the second half when plays are needed to be made play. Plays are needed to be made, right? So with that being said, like you saw last week in situations where they needed a stop, and they got the stop. They got the strip sack because Seattle, don't forget, was driving down the field. It was potentially, I think they were going to tie it or be down by uh, by one because of the field goal at the half and keep it a game. But no, Omeni who stepped up, strip sack, Bosa covered, recovered it, bang, it's done. The next drive, the Niners scored. Next drive, they came back. Lenore made the pick. So you see the how, how the progression of the defense. When things are needed, they step up. When they're mid-game, they're not that same team anymore for some strange reason. I don't know if it's the call, but they're not that team consistently like they were in the early part of the season. Is it fatigue? I don't know, but it's something I just would love to see change. Absolutely. Um, I'm not expecting them to pitch a shutout or anything like that in this game. I guess we can go ahead and transition to that. What are we expecting to see from this team? What what needs to happen for this for things to go right? Like, look, like I said, I think the Niners win it, but that doesn't mean there are certain things I want to see. 
Uh, Tony, you touched on one of them when you and you said we'll talk about it later. So let's go ahead and hear now. Let's start with the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think we both would like to see someone other than Nick Bosa get some pressures, some hits, some sacks on the quarterback. Yeah, he's the best man for it. Last game, uh, we we played them. It was Omenihu, believe it or not. He was the one that had the two sack game yes. against yes. him. Uh, is this another game that Omenihu comes up, or is there someone else that you want to see get, come in there and, and get active? Well, I think I think Omenihu is definitely going to have uh, needs to have a big game this week. Um, you know, with the uncertainty or the decision making by the coaching staff to deactivate Drake Jackson continuously. You need another rusher. You need another guy, right? So if you're going to play that game, I would activate Teray. Just I'm not expecting to come in and play 40 snaps. I'm asking from a rotational aspect. That is another edge rusher you have. So if you're trying to control um, reps in this game, which I don't think they should be, because like you know you're in the win of, winner go home section of the of the season. So. I think I would like to see Ture come up and, and just give Bosa a, re- a rest or two or give Willis or give Omenihu. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on when he inactives for Sunday. But I, I think I think Omenihu, this, this potentially could be his game. This could be a monster game for him. He played well versus Dallas last year. He's a former Texas guy. That's his home. He wants to prove his point. Maybe he was a Cowboy fan growing up and he didn't get selected. I don't know, but I'm just trying to, you know, align the stars and try to make something out of this. Um, but as far as the pass rush, yeah, that's what I think. And just one thing about Bosa. There were several instances versus Seattle. There were several instances versus um, not so much Arizona, but more versus Las Vegas, where you saw a different, a different tactic of the way Bosa is rushing. And it's not that normal pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. It's kind of there's a slight hesitancy in his rush where he's looking to see if the quarterback's going to take off. Now, teams have made their adjustments to go to a quick game, a screen game, to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. So in situations like that, when you know you have a guy that can run, Bosa technically cannot, in this defense in a wide line alignment, he cannot just pin his ears back and take the and run the arc. Because what that does in this defense is it leaves a gap. And that's where the quarterback goes. And you saw it numerous times when he tried to do it and beat the edge and he just didn't get there by a hair, the quarterback would step up and either make a throw or he would run with his legs and make a play. So I kind of think they're they're trying to find that medium spot where he could rush, but then the, if he is washed out, there's someone there waiting in the gap. So it's going to be interesting how they how – they, uh, game plan for this, but I will tell you this one thing I do not like D'Amico Ryan having more than one interview this week. I'm not a fan of that at all. Not only is he having more than one interview this week, that's not the only thing. The next one is in person, so he's leaving the team to go interview in person and then coming back. Did you see well, the not, not this week? Yeah, he said it was today or tomorrow. No, I don't like that. I'm I'm 90% sure that's what he said. Let me no, I mean, I'm just saying I don't like that. There should be you want to interview, you can interview on a Monday or a Tuesday, not Wednesday, Thursday, Friday when installs and game plan to take place. And then if you had a travel, you're you now you're short with a travel date. Hold on. Go ahead. 
All right, so while Tony is on mute, uh, the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about is uh, the second – oh, by the way, on the defensive line, I need Eric Armstead to generate some pressure up the middle. That's what I want to see. I want to see these guys go out there and, and you know, really cause some havoc, uh, get some pressure from up the middle, so that way you're flushing guys towards our edge rushers. You know, those guys do a good job of, of moving and, and getting in some, but they don't get all the way there all the time. And if there's no pass rush coming from up the middle, then that's going to be a big problem. I think that we need something – up the middle as well, not just the edge, but get get some pressure up the middle and and force those guys to run into the lap of Nick Bosa or Ominahue or Terea, who whoever it might be, like you said, Willis, right? I want to see some pressure up the middle. What do you think about that part there, Tony? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Just what do you think about getting some pressure up the middle and who's going to be the guy to do it? It's not going to be Ken Law. I mean, Ken Law might be good the first couple of series, uh, he played yeah. with some pretty. I, I saw some explosiveness uh, the first the first series or two uh, against uh, Seattle, but then after that, it was kind of it was kind of an afterthought, you know. Yeah, a consistent high pad level, but it is what it is. Um, I do think I, I think honestly, I think the team knows what they have in Ken Law right now and where his mark is, where as far as he can go and, and be productive as a player on the field. So I'm expecting to see. Armstead, Givens, um, uh, McGill, and potentially they could bring that kid Dwarmoff up. Okay, that kid gets pressure. He's a big size. He's like a he's like a fire hydrant. It's hard to move. So with that being said, I would like to see that rotation. But it all banks on whether or not if what's his name is going to be healthy this week, Ambry Thomas. Because if Ambry Thomas is down, then you need to bring Janoris Jenkins up. So if Thomas could go, I would like to see Ture and Dwarmoff come up and be active. And, again, not big roles, just reps. Give a guy a breather. You know what I'm saying? Stop trying to force Kinlaw to be the player that he's not right now, whether it's he's ever going to be that player again, or he just still needs a little more time. But you need the depth. Um, yeah, you have a hider in there, too, that aligns in there, too. I just think the defensive line has to come out on fire this week and absolutely just – cause havoc and, and, and just be in that backfield and just keep him off his platform because if they can't if they can't get him off his platform and that rush ain't getting there and we spoke about this at nauseam from the beginning of the season the rush complements the coverage the coverage rush complements the rush if one's not working one's gonna get exposed so that's where we're at with this now, the secondary is going to be something else that I'm going to be really, really focusing on. I've I've seen a lot of uh, C.D. Lamb lining up in the slot. Uh, that That's Jimmy Ward territory, I'm assuming. How do you think they play that with with uh, with the defense going into this week? Well, last week, he's their pass game. Like, I understand they went out and got T.Y. Hilton. That's because the other guys aren't doing anything or aren't doing much. That's why they needed some more help in the wide receiver group. But I'm not worried about Ty too much. I think we have guys that are capable of holding him down. Um, but when you have a guy like CD Lamb that they're going to put in the slot, what do you do with your your best corner in Ward, uh, Mooney Ward? That is. I think I I think last week we didn't see him travel. At some points in the game, you saw Lenore on Metcalf. You saw Mooney on um, Lockett. So they didn't do the shadow. So with that being said, I think they just keep it at bay. 
Ward's the slot, whoever's there. Mooney's on one side. Lenore's on one side. And they're just going to line up and play football this week. Um, second level of the uh, second and third level of the defense, they got to they got to play a little more discipline. They got to stop biting on the eye candy in the backfield. Um, Samuel Acho showed a clip today of how well Fred Warner is as a linebacker. How he sits there and just reads everything and does not move. So he needs to keep playing like that rather than just jumping and staring in the backfield. He reads his keys as he follows his keys. There is misdirection and there is that smoke that comes through, but he's always consistently there. Very rarely you see him out. Where he gets caught up is in the pass game. He tends sometimes to come up a little too quick and something sneaks behind him from time to time. And I think this game's going to be not tough for the 49ers, but I think they're going to have their not hands full, but look for Dallas to try to attack the seams with Schultz. I think the keys of this game for Dallas would be attack the seams with Schultz or Lamb or attack the inside of the defense between the guards with quick hitters with Pollard. Because if the Niners are over aggressive, they're going to leave a gap open on that front. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, let's transition to the talking about this offense, man. This offense – uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I am really – maybe I'm underestimating it. Maybe I'm I'm overlooking something. But I'm not too concerned with uh, the Dallas defense. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of what they're going to bring to the table. I'm not worried about how they're going to do anything. I um, I know Micah Parsons is going to be their, their top rusher, right? But I'm not too worried about him. I think that – I think they would have more success. This is going to sound like blasphemy, right? I think they would have more success putting Parsons over Trent Williams. But my gut is telling me they're going to test Parsons on Mike McGlinchey. I think they're going to sit there and evaluate, and they're going to think that Mike McGlinchey is a weak link in pass coverage. And so they're going to try to get uh, – they're going to try to put him over over him. I'm not worried about Mike McGlinchey against Micah Parsons. Am I wrong for that? <sighs> um. See, I I think I think he tends to struggle with speed, and Parsons has that game speed game to his repertoire, and I think that's where it could get um, a little shaky. But I have confidence in Trent. I I don't think Trent's going to be an issue. This is big boy. This is a big boy game. The players step up. This is Trent Williams, the best left tackle in the NFL. I think we're here, and I think they're going to play with a physicality that's you're going to see it this week. Um, but I will tell you this. I think you're going to see Kyle put Pearson on an island several times and make him make a split decision. So I think Kyle's going to play the head games with Parson, kind of what he does with Aaron Donald. Yeah, I do think that if 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 Parsons is playing off and then decides to rush on McGlinchey's side, I think we could see some issues there, right? McGlinchey kind of hesitates when he doesn't have someone directly in front of him. And sometimes that allows him to get his feet right next to each other, which makes for zero balance when someone's rushing you like that. Um, I think McGlinchey does a really good job when someone's lined up directly in front of him. Uh, that's when I don't worry about McGlinchey. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but they have some other linemen that are going to be a problem. Also, Lawrence is going to be playing this game. Um, they The Cowboys have a pretty 
when I don't want to I don't want to say balance because it's going to sound like the wrong word, but they get pressure from other guys. They get rush yeah. production from other guys. Who else are you worried about on that defensive line from the Cowboys? I mean, you got to be concerned across the board because of the way they rush. I mean, it's Dan Quinn. Uh, he's a great defensive coordinator. Comes up with great schemes, schemes week in and week out. Week out. But I'm going to tell you what. Kyle worked with Dan Quinn. Kyle probably knows Dan Quinn's tendencies and what he looks for and what he does on a certain down and distance. Kyle knows that. You got to understand this, guys. This guy's been around the league. He's coached with Dan Quinn. There's tendencies. Yes, he can make on-the-spot adjustments that Kyle doesn't know about, just like Kyle has things that Dan Quinn don't know about. But when you're dealing with the mind of a person like Kyle Shanahan's is, I trust Kyle. So I, I just feel I, I think Kyle is going to come out. I, I think it's going to be – I think they're going to win. I, I do. I think they're going to win. And I think they're going to – I don't know, man. I just think they're going to – I don't know. I don't want to say – Come on. No. Come on. Like this, I'm, Tony, I've never been more confident going into a game before. You see, there's more – There's more. Th- th- I'm confident, right? But the thing is what I'm concerned about. Is I'm not listen, Diggs is a good corner. If you man him up one on one and you run sidelines, comebacks, you know, uh go routes, Diggs will be there. Diggs struggles when you move across the field or when he's got to pick you up when you're off of a motion. He doesn't have that quick speed to recover. And Kyle knows that because he exposed them several times last year when they do that. So with that being said, I just feel like Dallas can be ran on, right? All right? I'm not gonna even say this. Look at our team this year. Look at our team last year. We beat them last year with a lot less talent, so there's no excuse right now. Yeah, and that's what I don't like because there really is no reason why they should lose if they're playing the way they've been playing. Yeah, and everyone keeps uh, pulling the you know the 500 yard game from. Uh, the the Jaguars, you know, everyone keeps talking about that game. They ran for 192 yards or something like that. Um, you know, it, the Niners are definitely capable of doing the same exact thing, and that's another reason I'm not worried. This this Cowboys defense, they start good, they start well, but as soon as they get a little bit of adversity, they get nervous and they start to kind of fall off. They're an emotional team, much like the Seahawks are. Um, and if this is the game that they've been looking forward to. For so long, if we have just two, our first two drives are scoring possessions, even if they're not both touchdowns, if we start the game the same way as we did last week, I think that you can really rattle this Cowboys defense. Um, what do you think? Let me let me ask you this question. And I know we can't, we don't have crystal balls, but who do you think has a better game? You can call it stats. You can call it poise. You can call it um, efficiency. Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy? Stats, well, yardage, I think it's going to be Dak Prescott. Efficiency, I think it's going to be Brock Purdy because we're so balanced and we can come at you from every angle. Like it's, you know, when we traded for McCaffrey, we did a show after you did the breaking news, and we said, holy shit, look at all the ways that they could align this guy, right? 
I said you could put Debo in the backfield and McCaffrey out wide. Well, people are doing videos today saying, look what the Niners do. They put McCaffrey outside and Debo in the backfield. I, I know. I, we know that. We know what type of mind Kyle has, and we know the versatility that this roster has, right? Last year, the, the wild card game is on right now in the NFL Network from last season versus Dallas. And I'm looking at the offensive line. You have Tom Compton at the right guard. You have Alex Mack at center, Brunskill at right guard, and you have Jonas, Jonas, uh, not Jonas, um, Lakin Tomlinson at left, left guard. So with that being said, I think our run game is a lot better this year. We added McCaffrey, and we added we, – we have a healthy, finally um, – what's this kid's name? Elijah Mitchell. So we have Debo. Everyone's here. There's no reason why they can't do this. And because of the talent around him, I think that's why this offense is so efficient. And it's been efficient since they've taken over, since Purdy's taken over from Jimmy. Yes, we won games, but the games and the, the offense in those games were not that efficient as they are now. And, you know, what you just said there about we, we're, we're healthier now, everyone's here. Kyle's got his, the full gamut of weapons, right? He's got Ayuk, he's got Kittle, he's got Debo, he's got CMC, he's got Mitchell. Like, the everyone is here, right? It's all hands on deck, and uh, they're not even showing up on the injury report, right? Um, what what I, I think, even if we start slow in the first half, the second half adjustments have been second to none this season. And so I, I, I don't have a reason for – I don't have a reason to think that that's not the case going forward, even if we start slow. All right. When you guys were out there, what were you feeling? What were you seeing? Uh, what kind of adjustments? What were you hearing the guys say? They go and they talk about it in the locker room, and then, all right, now we're going to punch them in the mouth. We're going to take everything away from them, even if we start slow in the first half. Um, I put this comment up here from J.P. Hellehart. He's saying that the D'Amico interview, they're coming to him in Santa Clara. My question to you, Tony, is does that make you feel any better about him having an in-person interview during the week of planning? No, I feel... Listen, I don't have a problem with him interviewing, but it should be done. There should be days. Monday, when the players are off, victory Monday, they come in for treatment. That should be the day. Right? Think about it. They didn't know who they were playing until Monday night. That should be the day. D'Amico could have had his in-person interview. He could have had two interviews, one in person, one over Zoom, and then rotate it the following week. Like, he – I I always thought there was a rule that the team could say – you can't interview him on these days, these days, these days. Maybe there still is, but Kyle allowed it. Maybe because everything is done, and now it's just the final motions of the pre preparation for the week. But I'm just not a fan of it because I want 100% focus on this week. All right. So, Tony, man, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to jump right to the uh, – I don't want to jump to the Super Chats right away. Uh, give me some other thoughts, man. I'm going to wrap this up soon because there's, there might be a power outage. I don't know if you guys just heard that. That's thunder in my background. Um, thunder in there? Yeah, yeah. Thunder and lightning right now. I don't, did you hear that or no? You didn't hear I that? Heard boom. Yeah, that's thunder and lightning. So I don't want to lose power in the middle of the show. So uh, was there anything else you want to discuss about this game? Kyle versus Quinn. Uh, Ryan's putting on another performance for his potential suitors. Um, is there anything you want to discuss before we move on 
uh, to the Super Chats and wrap the show up. Um, just real quick about last week versus Tampa. But Dallas, listen, they played a great game. They put up great stats. They put up great numbers. They beat them by multiple scores. My pushback with that is take a look at the stats off the top of my head. It seems like Tampa Bay abandoned the run game. And if you think about it, that's Dallas's weakness. You cannot allow this team to tee off on you play after play after play and become one-dimensional. That's why I think Tampa Bay lost that game. Second reason, I think Brian Byron left, which is horrible. I don't even know how he was considered for a head coach last year for Jacksonville. But he that game plan, his play calls, his concepts, his designs were atrocious. And to abandon the run game like that and become one-dimensional with a non-mobile quarterback, I'm not a fan of it. And with a banged-up offensive line, I'm even not even bigger non-fan of it. But um, getting back to this week. Hold on, hold on. Really quick. Let yeah. me just – I know, you know, they're talking about, you know, how many times uh, Brady threw and all that. They were down big early. Like, that game was out of hand before it started. Not everyone has the mentality that Shanahan and other teams have where, you know, even Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville was down big in the first half, and they were like, yo, this game isn't over. They did not give up on the run. Let's control the clock one score at a time. It was 27 nothing at one point, and then the next thing you know, it's boom, here we are. We got this touchdown, 27-7, and they slow walk their opponent down. Exactly. Right? And by beating them physically on the offensive side of the ball versus their defense and giving your defense time to rest versus their offense, that's the right. way you do it. You don't but, come dimensional. Now, the thing is, if you have Tom Brady on your team and he's not in rhythm, how do you get him in rhythm? It's not by handing the ball off. It's going to be by throwing the ball. No? Well, it's got to be quick game. They kept dialing up shit downfield more than 10 to 15 yards down the field. You got to be methodical. You got to have some push, but you got to be methodical. If you feel your run game is not there, especially with Fournette, because he's not a speed guy, he's more of a power guy. But like if the Niners were down by X amount of scores, I'm pretty sure Kyle still runs the ball. But then he uses the run game, the short passing game, as a replacement as the run game, right? The true principles of the West Coast offense. So I think it would have been different with Kyle. Um, but, yeah, they would have to come up with other ways than just lodging the ball down the field. And another thing is you're playing a team where their strength is pass rush and, and secondary in, in, in their, their corners. Well, they're one corner, right? Their strength is their pass rush, and their other strength is digs in the secondary versus the pass. So you're giving in to their strength. That's a recipe for disaster. You got to keep them off balance because if you don't keep that defensive line off balance and they're allowed to tee off play in and play out, I don't give a shit who your quarterback is. You're not doing yeah. nothing. They're definitely a bottom 10 uh, rush defense in the NFL, the Cowboys are. So, yeah, I say running down their throats and stay balanced, uh, have them spinning around and really, really, really frustrate these guys. Um, you know, all week long, everyone, everyone, every channel, NFL Network, ESPN, FS1. Uh, all their all their commentary all the, all the commentary is Kyle plays mind games and Kyle makes you challenge the rules of the defense. He takes what you know and your keys and the things you're supposed to be looking at and uses them against them. I so I don't see it. Listen, we are the better team and it's not even close. I know that we can name a lot of players on the Cowboys and all that. That comes from them being in the national spotlight, even when they're a five win team. Right? We can name players on the Cowboys team all the time, and the way they talk, they have an all star team. Every year, 
no matter how good or how bad this team is. Fact of the matter is the Niners have an all-star team. Of the 22 starters on this team, I, I'm willing to say 16 of them, other teams would want over players that they have in their own locker room. I, I don't think I'm going far. I don't think I'm reaching by saying that. I really, really don't. And so we have the better team. It's just about us going out there and doing what we know we, we're capable of doing. I'm not worried about this game at all in the least bit. Now, I cut you off. You were saying something, and uh, this is when you were talking about them abandoning the run game and things like that. Uh, well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you remember what you were what you were saying? No, I just when you become one-dimensional versus a team strength, that's that's not that's not good. That's not that's not good. Even like let's say if the 49ers defensive line knows, right? There's a team down by 17 and they're trying to make a comeback, and they know that it's 100 percent pass. This defensive line could get pressure with no no issue, I think, my opinion. Because you don't have to play honest to defend the run because you're just pinning your ears back and do what you do best. You're playing to your strength now. So with that being said is if it's a tight game, and that's why Kyle Shanahan is so good at what he does, right? He never gets this team in a position where they become desperate and have to be one-dimensional. All right. If there's nothing else, we're going to get to the Super Chat segment. Uh, like I said, I don't, just in case, I don't want the power to go out or anything like that. All right, so we'll uh, we'll get to the super chat segment if you don't have anything else. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right, all right, guys. So your last chance to be a part of the show, man. I can't wait to. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to this game, man. I'm so excited. So before we do the start clicking them, I get a call today. We have this uh, meeting at the job every Thursday with like the the higher ups, the owner and his board, right? And I'm on the call and I'm giving pushback to anything anyone has to say about a lot of different subjects. And the owner calls me and he says, hey, Mike, this is right after the meeting. So normally these meetings are 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops. This was over two hours today. And I think a large part of it was because of my my pushback. Um, so the phone rings and it's his name. And I'm like, oh God. So he says, hey, Mike, where are you today? Now, when we get ready to get rid of someone, we have to know where our vehicle is. <laughs> when we're getting ready to let someone go, we have to know where our vehicle is if they have one. So he says, Mike, where are you today? And I'm like, oh, I'm in Delaware. Everything okay? He was like, yeah. And now my heart is going boom, 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 boom. He calls me and says, Mike, I just I just secured the, the suite for the Eagles-Giants game. And I wanted to give you two tickets, uh, box seats, uh, if you want to go. And there was a part of me that wanted to go, but I can't go. My dad's a Giants fan. I would have loved to take him. Uh, and I even called him, and he was like, no, because my little, my younger sister's in town. We're having birthday parties and everything this weekend, so I, I wasn't able to do it. But, Tony, I wanted to ask you, if someone offered you box seat to this, uh, to this game, would you have taken them up on the offer? Not the Niners game. No, nah, probably not. Eagles. I would have rather, rather seen them give it to a true – fan of the team's playing he was offering he has the whole box he was offering it to just managers it was the manager All right, we'll tell him to offer you the box next week <laughs> that would be dope that would be dope now that's something different all right okay here we go jp i did not get the shirt yet um i don't know where it's supposed to be coming from but 
Uh, I will double check, but it has not come in yet. I see the I see the question in there, bro. Let's get to these super chats, man, and uh, let's let's get out of here. Tristan had the first one of the night. He says here, uh, I think this year we did more talking than them. Ayuk was talking in his interview with Orlando and TJ. He's got to bring it this Sunday. Play that clip. I'm not sure what clip you saw, but do you know what he's talking about? No, I think this year we did more. Ayuk was talking in an interview with Orlando and TJ. I don't remember seeing that. But, you know, if there's a receiver that I'm not really worried about too much, it's Ayuk. Ayuk has been like the, the, the silent killer. He's every team's afterthought, and he's the 49ers' leading wide receiver. I'm not worried about Ayuk or his production. He's going to get his, and he'll have a drop a game. Make no mistakes about what I'm saying at all. He'll have a drop a game. We've seen it before. It won't be the last time we see it. But I'm just not worried about Brandon Ayuk and his production. He'll have his seven, eight catches, you know, anywhere between 80 and 130 yards. Like, that's that's just what Brandon Ayuk is going to do. Yeah. He might even get in the end zone if they're trying to really take away other people. But there's too many weapons on this team. Uh, and if, if for some chance the game calls for them to not uh, – if – if Ayuk is being covered by Diggs, I could see them saying, all right, Debo, this is your game. You know what I mean? Or Kittle, this is your game. But they only got one good corner that they can trust. You can't cover them all. Exactly. And that's that's why I think it's – it's and it's not just directed at the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's directed at any team in the NFL. You can't right. double anybody, and you can't cover everybody. Right. So it's a very hard team to beat. And the sad thing is I'm just sitting here and I'm watching the replay from last year's wild card. And I'm saying, damn, I'm a lot more confident this year than I was last year. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, you know, I think, I think I've reached the point in my 49ers fandom and my appreciation for Kyle. Uh, I think I've reached the point in my fandom where I'm not, I'm not of the elk that, uh, a certain player has to go off. I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm there anymore. Like that we used to go into some games and I'm like, all right, in order for us to win this game, so and so has to have a good game. I don't think I'm there anymore, Tony, because there's so many so and so's that exactly. even if that person doesn't, we're good to go. We are good to go. So I'm even gonna take I'm gonna take this off of IU, uh Tristan. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. I don't think IU has to have a good game because someone will have a good game. Or you'll get an incredibly balanced game where everyone's got 80 yards of receiving. You know, you're going to get Ayuk. You're going to get Debo. You're going to get Kittle. You're going to get a Jawan Jennings with 50. You know what I'm saying? And then you might even have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell coming out the backfield with a couple of catches for another 30, 40, 50 each. Like, that's the kind of team that we have now. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan was trying to build all along. I don't think that he wants an offense where he has to rely on just one player to be the guy down in and down out. You know, what do you funny? think? About that? You know what's funny? How this team transitioned. And it's because of how they built it and what they added to it, right? You go out and pay Debo the money to, to extend him and secure him in San Francisco. You drafted Ayuk. You drafted Jennings. You drafted Kittle. You add a Rich, Ray Ray McLeod. You bring in a, in a via trade McCaffrey. You draft Mitchell. You sign Juszczyk. You know, you sign Tyler Croft. You have all these weapons, and 
I'm going to say something right now, and I'm sure I'm going to get pushback. But Juwan Jennings is probably the most consistent go-to guy in this offense. Am I wrong? Like, it seems like every time where something needs to happen, there goes Juwan Jennings. Now, I'm talking, and I'm not saying this like, you know, he's the number one guy. But it just seems like in, in situations where they need to get X amount of yards, who comes freaking screaming right open, like on an out route or slant route or the go route? It's it's just it's just so odd, like how talented they are. Their lowest drafted wide receiver is probably one of the most I'm not gonna say big play, but not go to, but I don't know, it's consistent. If you will, I don't know. Yeah, so check this out, right? So I was listening to, uh, uh, was I think it was KMBR. Joe Staley was on there, and they asked Joe Staley about, um, damn, what did they ask? They, oh, uh, about the whole Debo leg pull thing, right? By the way, I love how Kyle Shannon went out on that field and bumped somebody. That, 100%, I love that. Yeah. That was phenomenal, bro. Get the hell out of the way, right, type yeah. of thing, right? So screaming and yelling, love it. Staley says, you know, I know Kyle, and I knew as soon as that happened, Kyle was pissed. He said, and I was at home, and I said, you watch what's about to happen. It's going to be six consecutive runs, and then when that defense starts to step up, Kyle's going to take a shot down the field. And I went back and I watched, and sure as shit, it was run, 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 another run for a touchdown, one more run, and then the deep shot down the field, to Jen- Juan Jennings, not to Debo, not to Kittle, not to Ayuk, to Jawan Jennings. It was like they were setting it up, and just in case you're going to cover the other guys because you know a pass is coming eventually, we're going to hit you with the guy that you're least expecting right now. Exactly. And it's consistently like he yeah. knows his personnel so well, and he knows how the defense is going to react. It's We're not – this ain't the, the, the Kyle Shanahan show, but whatever. You know how everyone knows how I feel about Kyle Shanahan. He's is what he is, but you know this team is humming right now. And I got to be honest with you, you you don't see him like you don't see him second guessing himself. He looks confident in his play call. He does his pace up and down the sideline. Yeah, the one throw where um, uh, Purdy went deep to Ayuk and Ayuk broke off on the wrong route and it was overthrown. And then Jenny. Uh, 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 Stebo was running across the field wide open. You saw Kyle on the sideline just go. He was pointing down. He was pointing like you know on a crosser because he went like this, and that was it. I remember Jimmy missing something. The fucking play card went in the air. The headsets got slammed. So it just shows you where this team is right now offensively. If something's if if, if it's the wrong read on one play, Kyle's fine with it because he knows the next several plays are going to click. When you watch Kyle Shanahan play this game, or call this game, I should say, uh, when he's upset, you start to see Kyle's teeth. He like does this like a like he's like yelling at him, you know, like. And uh, in the, in the one clip I, I did see them him yelling. I think it was right after the Debo thing, and he was like, "That's bullshit." Like you could read his lips clearly, but the teeth were out, and then you don't see it anymore. Like you said, the, the, I'm not going to call him hissy fits because that sounds like it's a, it's a negative thing, right? That's not what I'm trying to say, 
but you don't see the tantrums. There you go. You don't see the temper tantrums and the frustrations overflowing because he's dialing up something that's not being taken advantage of. They're taking what not only what the defense is giving them, but what Kyle's calling, forcing the defense to give it to him. You know, and that's that's what I really, really like about what we're seeing so far, man. All right. Deshaun says, what's up, Niner gang? Javon Kinlaw is the key to this game. Ooh, he needs to put some pressure up the middle. Uh, first round pick, one sack is not enough. Go Niners. All right. So this is this, there's a lot in this in this tweet here. I mean, in this in this message. Um, I'll let you respond first, Tony. What you get your thoughts off. All right. Yes, he was a former first-round pick. Yes, he does need to step up and uh, reinsure the inside of the defense, um, rush discipline, play with low pad level. But the question is, is he there to be able to do it? That's the number one question. We don't know. We never know. We're on the outside looking in. And that is the main – in my opinion, I feel the Niners' defense against the run – and some of the pass rush has taken a slight step back when he's on the field because he's not the player that he was. He consistently plays high. There's no explosion off the snap. He gets blown off the ball sometimes versus the run. Um, you know, is it because of the knee? Sure, could be. But I kind of feel the way the Niners were running this defense up front, the way they were playing when Kinlo was on the IR – before Ridgeway went down, they were stout. Those guys inside were stout, and they were versatile. You had Ridgeway. You had Hyder sliding inside, Armstead. You had There was a point where Kinlaw and Armstead were not on the field, and they were still playing at a high level. So if you, lay the, if you look at the facts of what I just said, you got to say to yourself, is Kinlaw the issue? Now, for you to say – Deshaun, thank you for the $30 contribution. Um, he needs to step up. This needs to be him to apply pressure up the middle. I agree with that. I want to see that. I don't think we're going to see that. But I do think we can see it from other players. Example, Givens, T.Y. McGill, Hyder, Armstead, and uh, Dwarf, if they bring this kid up as well. So – my person, if you're going to ask me, you're going to put a gun to my head and say, who do you think needs to have a game? I think Ebukam needs to come. I need Ebu, I think Ebukam needs to play lights out this game consistently. I don't know if he's a little nicked up, but if he is, I would look for Ture to come up, and I would look for potentially Omenihu getting a bigger role and sliding um, uh, damn Ebukam to, to a pure nickel rusher. All right. Uh, the only thing I'm going to disagree with in this whole thing is that the, the one sack is not enough. Uh, even if he's playing to his full potential, he is not a sack artist. That's not what he was brought in for. I, I don't think that was ever supposed to be a part of his game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm no. wrong. I don't, I don't feel like that's what Javon Kinlaw's calling was in the NFL. His calling in the NFL level would be the guy that takes on double teams and is just a complete disruptive player destructive player to the interior of the opposing team's offensive line and we're not seeing it yeah yep um and I, I think i think that's what we're supposed to be seeing from him not this not this guy out there just going crazy on the uh on the with the 
with the pass rush. I, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. But I do agree that he needs to, he does need to step up and uh, pressure up the middle. You know, uh, Tony, we didn't talk about Pollard. Uh, are you are you concerned about Pollard at all in this game and what and what he might be? Um, yeah, and I kind of did. So I, I did talk about it a little bit earlier. I don't know if you caught it, but I'm afraid of with Kinlaw in the interior. And attacking in between the guards of the, of the um, attacking in between the guards of the Dallas Cowboys, um, with Pollard's explosiveness, and if they can create a gap, that could become an issue. I'm worried about. I'm going to tell you right now where I'm worried about the middle of the field, outside the hashes. I'm fine with because we have the we have sideline to sideline linebackers. My issue is is if they get Schultz running down the seams, that's going to put stress on the safeties, and if they can't. If they can't play their keys and keep gap integrity on the defensive line, it's going to expose the linebackers, and they're going to hit you with Pollard speed and then hit you with Elliott's size. And I think that could be an issue. Now, outside, anything outside the tackle box or outside the hashes, I don't see the 49ers having a problem with. And I, I could sit here and tell you straight in the face, and I'm confident about that because of their speed. It's when – you attack the hashes, it's going to put people in positions where something could happen. And they need to play discipline because there's a lot of eye candy with Dallas. So if Ufunga's going to sit there and start looking into the backfield with that shit, I think they're going to attack Ufunga. But if he plays sound assignment football, I think we'll be all right. I agree. I agree a lot, man. Thanks for uh, that response. It was good, Tony. Uh, Johnny Robinson says here, he says, does anyone think our DC may be overwhelmed from trying to get the defense ready for Dallas, but trying to travel and interview for head coaching jobs? And I think that's kind of what, you know, Tony and, and, and my point was, you know, taking these interviews during the week, uh, you kind of put yourself in harm's way doing that, you know, um, you're, you're leaving yourself exposed for just so much turmoil and, and, uh, not so much turmoil, just vulnerability, like overlooking something. You know, this is like Tony said, this is the time of year where it's winter, go home, right? It, it's that simple. There, there's no tomorrow for any of these teams left in the in the in the dance now. Uh, and they, they have to come out there and they have to win it all. And you don't want there to be any excuses. You want them to go out there and do exactly what they what you know they can do. You know? Um what what do you have on this, Tony? Um, I don't think it'll be overwhelmed, but well, I think he'd be thinking about other things like um, potentially staffing, who he could bring. That's why I'm not a big fan. And if I remember correctly, when the Niners went after Kyle Shanahan, they were instructed that they cannot meet with him until after the Super Bowl, correct? So yeah, why so that's why, that's why the team officially hired uh, uh, John yeah. Lynch first. Lynch was hired Listen, by all means, I don't have an issue with a, you know, a face, not a FaceTime, but like a, a what do they call it? Skype or whatever, something like this StreamYard and have a conversation with the owner. And if there's a general manager in place, I don't have a problem with that. It's a basic foundation. It's a meet and greet. You can ask a series of questions. And then the major interview is where you sit down in person. That's fine. And most of that was done during with teams when they had the two, the bye weeks. But I feel during the week, like during the push, you shouldn't be focusing on this. But listen, Kyle allowed it. Maybe Kyle's confident in what he's done 
as far as everything was prepared. He just met with them for several hours, and that's it. It's done. But this is a big game for them. So they got to keep No, no, I was going to say, what do you think about this? What if the Niners already knew who they were going to be playing? I picked the Cowboys to win that game, and I picked them to win it handily, and they did. I don't think that the Niners are so much caught off guard anymore. I think they have a real good grasp of what the league is, not just their team. I think they have a really good grasp of what the league is. I think they had a good idea of who they were going to be playing. What if the install was already done? Not not the install, because that's, that's a little bit different. But what if the game plan and the defensive scheme in the, in the plan was already done and figured out before the Cowboys ever won that game? It could be. It could be. It could have been. Because by the time that game kicked off, I don't know if you remember, we were playing the winner of that game. It's not like we never had yes. a chance to win the Giants. You know what I'm saying? And there was reports saying that they were studying both teams. Right. So they already knew what the who they were planning for. Yeah, I guess. But I like I just see like because I remember specifically the 49ers were not allowed to interview Kyle Shanahan until after the freaking was it the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game? It was the Super Bowl that year. It was a Super they interviewed, Bowl. No, wait, they interviewed him the first week. Right. During after the NFC Championship game, and they couldn't announce him being hired until right. after the Super Bowl. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, they couldn't announce it. So they, they interviewed him. They knew he was the guy, but they couldn't announce it until afterwards. It's, that's exactly what it was. All right. Mike, are you getting wings on Sunday? Yeah, I, I probably will be getting wings on Sunday. Rubbing them in my mom's face. Ah! Take that drumstick. Ah! What's the other one? Oh, take that flat. Ah, let's go. All right. Uh, so we got two more super chats that came in here. I see you, Rosa. I see you. Two more super chats that came in. All right. And guys, again, if you want to put some more super chats in, this is the last chance to do so. All right. Tristan is back again. He says, Ayuk went on a podcast last month, last month on Fubo Sports and said they know exactly what the Cowboys are about and aren't worried about them. He also mentioned that him and Wes Welker got into it all the time Ooh. see i didn't see this i gotta find this fubo sports podcast with brandon Ayuk. that's some good juicy stuff right there i like that i like that see this doesn't surprise me right i'm not saying that the niners chose between west welker and Ayuk, but remember they said that west welker was one of the people that left and was talking junk about the niners do you remember that yeah but his his contract was up so he was legit free to go it's not like that was like a permission thing they just didn't resign right but it also doesn't mean that they didn't want him to come back you know what i'm saying now let me ask you a question oh this is going to be a little hot actually you know i I do want you to use revisionist history in hindsight um the 49ers wide receivers maybe it's talent right now but do you think they were better with or without wes welker be honest because before you answer we kept saying oh my god iuk is in the doghouse iuk is in Kyle's doghouse. That was the, that was what everyone lived off of. That's what everyone said, right? But if he goes out there and says that him and I, you, uh, him and Welker got into it all the time, and then you hear Kyle say something along the lines of, um, "I don't know who's out there half the time. My position coaches control the personnel that's out there." What if it was Wes Welker that was saying, you know, Ayuk is this guy on this play or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if what if it wasn't Kyle? I guess that's what I'm asking. It could have been. You're 100% right. You could be on to something. But I think it's hard to evaluate when the receivers were running, running certain routes with a certain quarterback. 
compared to the routes that they are running now. If you understand what I'm trying to say. They're more downfield, more developed, deep developing routes than they ever were. I've never once seen since Brock Purdy, Purdy took over on TV where there was five 49ers inside the 10-yard line sitting there just looking at the quarterback. Never seen it. There's nobody in the screen usually. There's a check down, and then there's somebody else. But everything seems like it's more wide open now. So it could be maybe he couldn't do his work to his strengths because of the limitation of Jimmy or him knowing what Jimmy's strengths are. I don't know, but I think Hankinson's doing a pretty damn good job with these guys, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and not only don't you see that, when the quarterback starts to move a little bit, the wide receivers look back and they, they do a very, very quick assessment, right? Every time I've seen Purdy break the pocket, the quarter the wide receivers take a look back, and if it looks like he can make a throw, they look for a spot in the zone. Yeah. If it's it looks like if it looks like he's going to run, they look for someone to make contact with and block right away. Yeah. Their reactions are quicker now than what they were before. Because like you said before, right. a quarterback would run, and they're just kind of just standing there like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? They're just standing there like. They knew Jimmy never ran. Come on, man. Come on, man. So maybe maybe it's Kittle. I mean, maybe it's Kittle. Maybe it's Jimmy. Maybe it's Brock. Maybe it's the wide receivers coach. Maybe it's the position coach, you know. Um, but this team has improved from the quarterback position with a new quarterback's coach in Greasy. They've improved the wide receiver position, and most most of these wide receivers are the same. Most of the wide receivers are the ones that were here before. So I I can't even comfortably say that, you know, I don't think it was Wes Welker. Maybe maybe Wes Welker was an issue. Maybe. And look at how he made his bread and butter. He wasn't some phenomenal down-the-field threat. He was a short to intermediate route guy, got the ball, got the tough yards, you know what I mean, got low, and that was, that was Wes Welker's game. Uh, he would – catch you know seven to eleven catches a game from Brady and from uh Peyton Manning and he would end up leading you know he was a fantasy football stud because of that the PPR and the yards right and he's even great in red zone because it's the short to intermediate route that's where he was really good and I would I, I would even venture to say that our receivers were good at that when Wes Welker was here. I'm not saying that he had no purpose here. Our guys were really good at that. That's why they started the whole Yak Bros thing. It was short passes going big distances because now their talent takes over once the ball gets in their hand. So shout out to Wes Welker. Uh, but I'm happy with the move the 49ers have made with this coaching staff for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, we got one more here. I'm going to go back and check. I see there's 57 more new comments there. Uh, Vernon Freeman has a really, really good one here. I'll let Tony go first and then I'll give my thoughts on it. He says, uh, haven't heard much about this, but Dallas has a very good returner in Kevante Turpin. Fast. Need to stay disciplined. Field position is key. Fast. Comment here. Very good super chat, Vernon. Fast. I like this a lot. Very fast. Played in the USFL. My man ran like lightning. Um, listen, this is why we brought the big bucks in. Burks, Odin, all the special teams guys. They got to. They got to. When they run down, they got to stay in their lanes and, and and play discipline. Do not give up their lane assignments. And if you don't, if you play within your scheme and you play to the, you play to your um, your responsibilities, there shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, you know, the you you know the only good way to fight uh, speed in the open field is with more speed. I'll be completely honest with you. I think this is going to be a game that 
and I'm telling you guys now, remember I said this. I'm saying it right now. Danny Gray and Womack. Danny Gray, baby. Come on, Tony. That's it right there, man. Danny Gray and 33. Number six. and Various more. Come on, man. Those are going to be the guys that are going to be the difference makers on special teams this week. I promise you that. I can almost guarantee it. You, you mark my words, and if I'm wrong, hold me accountable, guys. I'm telling you. That's how I think we answer that. That's really how I think we answer it. Tony, we got two more. The very next one is for you. This is from Chrissy. She says, Tony, is it true that lane protection slows down Bosa's pass rush slash sacks? Um, I'm going to say yes a little bit, and it's not only lane protection. It's more of setting the edge and giving and abandoning the edge of the of the, of the defense. Um, so – Everyone thinks a pass rusher has to just put their hand down and go get the quarterback. There's more than that to be a successful pass rusher uh, because if you can't set the edge, you're not playing all four downs. If you're just a pass rusher that screams up the field, you can't be a successful full defensive end. Bosa has the ability to do everything, play to run, set the edge, and rush the passer. So, yes, if there's especially if there is a very mobile quarterback, Murray, that type of uh, quarterback, where you know he's going to be running – you might see Bosa kind of protect the edge in his rush and kind of like give one of those peaks in the backfield and then turn it on. But he is too good of a high IQ football player and too well-talented of a football player to just blow an assignment. He's, you know, well-wired as a student in the game. He knows what he needs to do for certain players. And you will see that if you watch his teams. There's weeks where he just runs if it's a pocket quarterback – and if it's not a pocket quarterback and there's a threat with the legs, you'll see him tactically rush, which is very smart. I won't touch on it. It was directed to you. I agree with everything you said. Wade Fall says here, I still can't get over the stat that all 18 completions were either first down or touchdowns from Brock last week. That's wild. Wide open all day. Is that true? We didn't have a single reception that wasn't a first down last week. That can't be true. I don't think so. I, I'm going to – you guys have given me a new reason to go back and watch the game again tonight. This will be my fifth but time watching I mean, this game. I don't know for myself 100%, but every pass I remember watching – now, listen, we're talking about from the catch to the blown whistle. They're giving yeah, they a pass that right. broke for eight – you know what I'm saying? So, I think it's possible. I don't oh, know. Looking at stats, but I mean, look at his average. What's his yeah, average? No, no. And I, I saw that when I saw that. I remember. I didn't know it was eighteen, but off the top of my head, I knew it was a. It was less than twenty receptions, or completed passes. And I remember looking at his yards, like, damn, he got a lot of yards on just those couple of passes being completed. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I never noticed that it was that that much. That's really, really impressive. I'm going to go back and watch this again. Bro, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare for defenses to try to prepare for. The Cowboys have too much film to try to watch and try to figure out who we are. That's all scheme, man. That's all scheme and execution. Holy smokes. You guys have been bringing it tonight with the Super Chats. Uh, Really, really good comments. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you all very much. 
Uh, we have come to the end of the show here. Shout out to everybody who uh, stuck around from the beginning to the end. Shout out to everybody who popped in later. I see you guys also. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for the continued support here at Nothing But Niners. Tony, it is time to pack this thing up, man. It's time for final thoughts. Uh, what you got, man? I said it before the playoffs, and I'll say it again. The 49ers are the only team that can beat themselves. The 49ers are the only team that could beat them as if they beat themselves. Uh, poor execution, penalties, uh, stupid bonehead plays, um, and, and that's pretty much it. But I think this team is good enough for a clear track to the Super Bowl, but, you know, in the NFC at least. But I, I just think they got to come out and they just got to play their game, and that's it. If they play their game, I, the 49ers are very – at least offensively, they're impossible to defend. Defensively, the last several games haven't been their best, and they're kind of on a downward trajectory, which is not good when you want to go in the playoffs. But, you know, it is what it is. We're here. They're fighting. They're competing. They're clicking. They're healthy. And let's get it, man. So to Tony's point about the defense, right, I will say that the first half I was a little worried. But I, I'm going to say this, man. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And they finished with a shutdown of the Seattle Seahawks offense in the second half of that game. The Seahawks offense didn't score a single point against the Niners starting defense in the second half of that game. When they did get that garbage time touchdown, it was all backups out there. All backups. Aziz was out there. Uh, it was just not a good look for them at all. So I'm I'm not worried. Uh, this is going to be a very, very exciting game. The pregame show is going to be live. I'm going to have my mom in the building. I'm going to try to get Mom Dukes on camera. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I'm going to try to get my mom on camera during pregame. I'm not going to ask her any, like, real football questions or anything like that. But I am going to ask her, hey, do you think your Cowboys are going to win? And if she mentions praying for the Cowboys, that's her thing, by the way. Like, she'll, she'll tuck away in a little corner and say a quick prayer like she's calling in favors from God. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's weird stuff like that that she does. But, you know, that's it. Um, I got nothing else for you guys. Be patient. Let's have fun watching the game. And just remember, guys, there's no 20-point play in football. All right? You can get two. You can get three. You can get six. And every once in a while after the six, you can get one. All right. So be patient when you're watching this game. Don't don't stress. Don't uh, get overworked when you're watching the game. Be patient. The Niners are a really, really good team. And the truth of the matter is, like Tony said, there's no one that can stop us other than ourselves. The Niners are ready. We're going to go out there. We're going to have a good game. I'm super duper, super duper confident. And I think we're going to be just fine. All right. So that's going to do it for us tonight. We want to thank you guys for staying with us. You guys have been incredible. Keep up the good work out there, faithfuls. Keep up the good work out there to all of our supporters. And go tell somebody to subscribe. By the way, we crossed over 13,000. We're almost at 14,000 subscribers. We were at 12,000 like week 16 or 17. I don't know when we went over 13. I don't know when we got over 13.5, but we're up there now. So shout out to you guys. You guys are doing a good job. Continue spreading the word. Let people know to come and follow us here at Nothing But Niners. Subscribe, like, rate, review, all that good stuff. We'll turn this all into podcast. So if you guys don't get a chance to sit here and watch the whole thing, if you don't like your phone dying because the screen's being on and all that stuff, uh, you guys can go and check us out on the podcast platform, NB9ERS. That's where we are. That's going to do it for us tonight. 
Tony, man, thanks for jumping on. I really appreciate you. I enjoy the shows when you're here. Thank you very, very much. Let's get up out of here, man. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We're out of here, guys. One. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. We